0: Welcome to Heavy Networking, a podcast from the Packet Pushers It's all about networking. This week, Packet Pushers is having a summer break and we're actually off uh, doing something else. And what we've done this week is dropped in an episode 27 of the Heavy Strategy podcast. Now, this is a new podcast. It's not part of any of our existing feeds where I talk with an analyst, Jonah Till-Johnson and myself, and we go over strategic issues in data networking, IT infrastructure and today I'm bringing you a sample episode called on the Broadcom and the VMware acquisition. Jonah and I talk backwards and forwards on what it means for customers Now that we know that Broadcom is planning to increase the profit margins from VMware from 35% to 65%, and given their history with acquiring and selling a number of companies over the years, such as Brocade and Computer Associates, what does this mean for VMware? What does this mean for customers? So I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you like it, go and search up on your favorite podcatcher for Heavy Strategy and subscribe.
1: Welcome to Heavy Strategy, where the questions are sometimes more interesting than the answers. We've talked previously about the whole issue of having a strategic vendor and why that may not be a great idea. Now we're gonna zero in on why specific vendors may not be great ideas as strategic vendors. And in particular, Greg and I have been talking a little bit about what's going on with VMware in light of the acquisition by Broadcom, in light of the major security vulnerabilities that have been happening. And we really wanna drill down on why putting all your chips on VMware may not be a great idea at the moment. Greg, I know you have some thoughts on this.
0: Let's, let's preface the, our discussion with a background on the Broadcom acquisition and what we know about the acquisition. Broadcom is made a bid for the all VMware shares for $60 billion or thereabouts. They've got a 40-day Go shop provision, which at this point is probably about 20 or 30 days through, I guess, at time of recording. That means that VMware can go and seek out other bidders, but it seems highly unlikely. The price is generally regarded in the industry as fully valued. The purchase price is at a 50% premium to the stock market, so it's not likely that we're going to see any. And the other reason that the deal is likely to go through is that Dell and Silver Lake have both committed their shares. Combined, they are 50.2% of total shares to the deal. Any other bidders would have to switch them away from the deal, even though they've committed. They've already got a majority of shares, 50.2%. It's highly likely that the deal will go through. So let's work on the assumption that it will go through. And let's also assume that regulatory concerns can be overcome. There is a chance that the US government may seek to intervene. We have seen um, either the US government, departments, Department of Justice, Department of Commerce, SEC go through. We've even seen a presidential order to, request a, to reject a buyout. So when Qualcomm was doing a buyout a while back, they had a presidential order in the Trump era. But generally, this is seen as unlikely by most people. Sometime in 2023, deal won't happen this year, it'll happen next year, is the general consensus. Broadcom will own VMware. And I think That is going to see a significant transformation in VMware. My perspective is backed up by what I read from financial analysts, what I see from other people, from the discourse, is that Broadcom's approach to business is unique. It is not buying VMware to do more VMware. It is buying VMware to turn it into a profitable growth company. And that means significant changes to the business. Does that make sense?
1: It does. The only thing I would quibble with is that it's not unique. I mean, generally in tech companies, acquisitions are basically to wipe out competition. That's what Cisco usually does Mm -hmm. to acquire customers and to essentially wring every last dollar out of the company that they possibly can, which is Mm -hmm. what's happening here. So I would say it's a fairly common goal. It's just that Broadcom's actually been a little better at executing on it in historically than other companies have been. And let's talk a little bit about what it means to execute on it. You've done a, a little bit of a deep dive into you know, some of, some of Broadcom's strategy. They talk about multiple levers for increasing profitability. Maybe <laughs> you can talk a little bit about what that actually means in English, and then I'll talk about what that means to okay.
0: end users. So, first of all, you need to understand Broadcom's business and strategy, in my opinion. And let me quote from their uh, submissions. They put this on all their financial results, by the way. They say, Our strategy is to combine best-of-breed technology leadership in semiconductor and infrastructure software solutions with unmatched scale on a common sales and administrative platform to deliver a comprehensive suite of information infrastructure technology products to world's leading business and government customers. We seek to achieve this through responsibly financed acquisitions of category-leading businesses and technologies, as well as investing extensively in research and development to ensure our products retain technology leadership. This strategy results in a robust business model designed to drive diversified and sustainable operating and financial results.
1: And Greg, I yeah. just have to ask, is that really just a bunch of buzzwords jammed together or is there an actual message in there?
0: Well, there's two things. There's a message and the key one is we seek to achieve growth fundamentally fi- buying companies and extracting finance from them. And Broadcom has done this several times. So there's uh, you're thinking about companies like Computer Associates, Symantec, Broadcom, uh, so Brocade. Mm-hmm. So they acquired Brocade, they wanted the fiber channel assets, they paid 5.2 billion for brocade they sold off all the ethernet assets basically as a distress just gave them away almost got a 50 200 300 million way under their value that it costs to develop those products and then has gone on to generate enormous profits from selling fiber channel over the last five years uh, to the point where the brocade deal has now more than paid for itself and is contributing enormous cash flow to the bottom line. And they continue to develop fiber channel. So there is now fiber channel 32 gig. They continue to come out with new ASICs, new adapters, new switches and work with people in the industry to continue the fiber channel. Now fiber channel is over. Computer yeah. associates, of course, is mainframe. Um, the Computer Associates business at, at Broadcom is 500 customers, but there's no growth. So while they're happy with the acquisition of the CA business unit, there's no profit growth or there's no revenue growth there because that business is capped. But it's an extraordinarily profitable. If you look at their financial results, they're making a monstrous profit margin. And how customers can live with that, I'm not 100% sure. And Symantec equally, when they bought Symantec, they kept the pieces that they wanted and threw the other bits overboard. Now, that's relevant same as brocade. They focused on the businesses that were making the largest profit margin and the things that weren't absolutely core, the things that couldn't grow or needed a lot of investment, a lot of development, a lot of marketing money, that all just got sold off to somebody else. There is no reason to believe that within the VMware's case, that that is exactly what will happen here.
1: Essentially, Broadcom's strategy is to purchase a company and turn it from an innovator into technical debt for users, because the True innovation stops once the company has been purchased, It is no longer at the forefront of whatever technology it was innovating in at the time. As an enterprise user, you are now stuck with a giant pile of technical debt that the the company has no interest in helping you navigate around. They're just interested in sucking the most revenue from you that they can possibly get because
0: it's all about profitability except unlike classic rent extraction. So sometimes I would refer to this as a rent extraction business model. That is, it's on-prem, they can charge you rent. They don't have to do anything, they do some basic maintenance and then you extract rent from the property and you try and achieve the maximum amount of rent for the minimum amount of cost. What Broadcom will do, or what it has done with other businesses, is continue to invest sufficiently to maintain those products incrementally, but not substantially to grow the product or what i see this as vmware is finished the product suite is complete exactly there may be some synergies we may see some of the semantic security folded into the vmware product that would make sense because there's going to be some duplication there
1: let's keep focusing on the key thing mm-hmm. this is a great thing for broadcom and a terrible thing for customers simply because if you if you're making a company into your strategic partner, you have an expectation that it will grow and expand to address new technologies, and that's not going to happen here. Wow. Well, um, the, other, the uh, Well, the other reason I just want to weigh hmm. in on this is a terrible idea is a lot of what Broadcom has said it's going to do, trying to get synergies, meaning that back office functions are getting consolidated and they have a common platform, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. What that actually means if you're a customer is everyone you're dealing with at VMware is suddenly now checking his or her resume and, you know, updating LinkedIn and trying to go somewhere else. You are no longer front and center to them, whether they are a sales engineer, an account rep, or even the, you know, finance person who's processing your order. So you can end up in the scenario where you can't get an, you can't get an answer from this person because that person is busy checking their resume or getting fired or Mm -hmm. whatever else. In the short term, customers are going to see a lot of turmoil and, Operational challenges, and in the long term, they're stuck with something that is not innovative and not growing to growing
0: strategically. So, as a strategic partner, mm-hmm. VMware is over. Um, I'm, I'm I'll equivocate slightly. I think that at the end of the day, many customers who are using VMware products, particularly the data center, so the ESX and the and some of the data center orchestration, the NSX, the VSANS. I think that product will continue as is. There's a good 20 or 30 years of revenue there for Broadcom to take from that business unit. I would suggest to you that some of the other business units might get pushed out to somebody else. So I would say the Anywhere Workspace one would be pushed. It's, you know, thin clients, not a huge success, despite what people say. Most likely that would be tossed over the side. Somebody else would buy it and attempt to run it as a business. Like Citrix hasn't actually, you know. Hi, everybody. It's Greg again. Just to remind you that this is the Heavy Networking channel from the Packet Pushers, but you're listening to Heavy Strategy, a new podcast on an entirely different subscription. That means you actually have to go out and subscribe to it individually. Hopefully, you've been enjoying what Jonah and I have been discussing here, and I'd really like to encourage you to go and listen to the Uh, heavy strategy more often. This is episode 27 and we've already got a whole bunch of stuff in the back catalog and there's a whole lot of stuff like this coming up in the future. We're talking about the strategy of technology and not so much the technology itself. So hopefully you'll go out, search for heavy strategy on your podcatcher and subscribe. Thanks.
1: Now that we're digging down into specific products, I just want to remind everybody that there was a massive APT uh, against known vulnerabilities in a whole slew of VMware products including Workspace ONE, mm. VMware Identity Manager, VMware vRealize, VMware Cloud, vRealize Suite, Lifecycle Manager. So these products are compromised to the point where the US government was saying if you have them either patch them or just stop using them. Our recommendation in light of the Broadcom acquisition is stop using them and you know just what you know just what Greg you're saying here is mm. These are not go-forward products for you. So there, well, there's a double whammy here.
0: Because... Yeah, I also think there's a lot of other products in the portfolio that could be dropped. Um, VMware yep. has been attempting to get into the application platforms. Exactly. So Tanzu is containers. That's directly congruent with VMs. But when they start talking about securing the software supply chain or service meshing or app modernized like they acquired... Um, yeah,
1: that's, that's over. Yeah, and, that's right. I think all of that will and... be shut down. Whether, and again, let's, let's come back to the whole definition of a strategic vendor. A strategic mm. vendor, by definition, has got to have a broad and well-supported set, uh, suite of technologies. Again, I just want to reiterate that I think it's a terrible idea to have a strategic vendor, and our mm. research shows that. If you are going to have one, it's not going to be somebody that has a handful of point products. It's got to be somebody that has a broad set of platforms and is mm. growing those platforms, yeah. which no longer even remotely characterizes VMware
0: follow through your logic there saying that you don't want to have a strategic vendor and yet most companies have a strategy around VMware largely because there is no competition in especially around the ESX hypervisor as far as you know there are open source versions and commercially supported versions of those that people could switch to and we've seen any number of attempts from HPE with hyperconverged Nutanix and it's hyperconverged with Cisco and it's hyperconverged to introduce other VM-based platforms, like combined HCI's and storages and orchestration, but none of them are really stuck like VMware has. Are you actually saying you need to start, what, moving to the public cloud and look into uh, these alternatives, start to look at Nutanix and yeah, its VMs or, or what?
1: Ab- absolutely, and frankly, people should have been looking at Nutanix and Cisco for a long time already. Yeah. Yes, I think this this the move to the public ca- cloud is inexorable, uh, despite all your complaints about it. So... <laughs> (laughs) You know, I think you have to have your exit strategy from VMware well in place, and it can be either migrating to another on-prem solution or migrating to the cloud or some combination of the two, which it is for you is really going to depend on who you are, what industry you're in, what constraints you're operating under. You know, call me if you have questions on how to turn that into something (laughs) actionable, but I've just got to say that if you don't currently have a migrate away from VMware strategy today
0: Ah, oh, you probably want to start putting one in start place. Start grinding given... one out. I Yeah, exactly. One angle that struck me about this is that what Broadcom, by taking VMware out of the market, now VMware has always been an independent nation state and no fear, no favor. Now, despite right. the fact that Dell owned it, Dell did not particularly take advantage of that to give it itself a most preferred nation status. So VMware continued to maintain relationships with HPE and Lenovo and Cisco and, you know, white boxes up to some sort of level and so forth. If Broadcom is now taking VMware out of the market to slow the pace of innovation, it has stated in its presentation to shareholders that it is going to increase the profitability of it, of VMware from 4.7 billion a year, EBITDA, earnings before interest tax and deductibles, to 8.5 billion. Now, just to put that in context, VMware makes 12.5 billion a year and makes 30% gross margin. They're gonna take that to 8.5 billion they're and basically doubling it to sixty percent margin. So there's only a few ways they can do. It. They're saying that right. there's growth somewhere. And that's hard to believe because Right. Yes, there is some growth. But if there's more growth there, then VMware surely would have found it by now. I don't see how Broadcom has a sales and marketing channel like you might see at Cisco or HPE, who would then put it right. into their channel and, you know, that would grow sales or something like that. That's not how I'd see that going. What I do know is that uh, VMware has a $3.5 billion R&D budget. I would suggest to you that that's going to get cut in half or less. And it also has a 4500000000 4. billion, let's see here, $5 billion in sales, marketing and admin costs. If you're going to generate $8.5 billion, I put it to you that you could probably get $3 billion, maybe $4 billion. Cutting sales and marketing substantially. Cutting headcount, yep. Cutting R&D. There'll obviously be some remove the HR, finance, admin, some of that goes into a common shared infrastructure as part of a bigger entity, which is theoretically cheaper and more efficient. But I think you're just going to expect price increases to make, to double the profit margin. Exactly. There has to be,
1: and not a little one. you're not going to get more customers so you've got to get more money from each existing customer so if you're if you're planning to stay with vmware you might as well get a nice t-shirt that says i am a sucker on it because <laughs> because that's what broadcom is is telling you greg i want to ask you a question yep. we've talked about this a number of times in its presentation Broadcom appears to deny what you're claiming it's going to do because it mm-hmm. says we are going to focus research development uh, and support those efforts. And somewhere else, they say, investing extensively in research development. And you're saying, no, 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 no. They're going to cut R&D. So, so A, the key are key they lying is, or what?
0: The key word there is focus research and development.
1: Yes, but focus means
0: you you cut out all the pieces that aren't that are unfocused. Yeah,
1: but but I have to say in the piece that you read out earlier from the Mm -hmm. same presentation, the two words are investing extensively in, which doesn't sound like focus. Um, I understand that the key word here is focus, but investing in intensively extensively in sounds like put more money into
0: it. What they're saying is they will continue to invest to keep the product relevant and up to date. At the same time, they're going to focus research and development on just that. I would not expect to see new product initiatives from VMware post-acquisition. Broadcom, we didn't see Brocade, for example, suddenly announce new products. It has literally right. been, we will continue to take the existing product line, make incremental improvements to make sure that it's current, relevant, and progressing as customers ask us to, but that's it. I'm going to push on you
1: on this just mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. which is... Essentially, they're saying two different things and your contention is that they're lying when they're saying one. One thing they're saying is we are going to focus R&D and you're saying that's actually the real message. That's what Mm. they're going to do. But elsewhere, they say invest extensively, which says nothing about focus. It sounds
0: like they're plowing new money into it. Yeah. So some people buy technology companies. Sometimes people buy technology companies for headcount. That's not the case here. That is the one other circumstance. But in this case, they're buying the product as is and signaling to customers that they'll continue to keep it running. So you'll be able to get tech support, they'll continue to patch it, and they'll continue to move forward in a linear direction. But you won't... So take, for example, VMware today is trying to break into the telco cloud with VMware. Right. That, right? Forget that. Yeah. Is that somewhere where they want to continue to invest hundreds of millions of dollars and developer time producing the bridges from VMware to integrate with telco systems to spend 10 to 20 sales sales cycle and the cost associated with that? Like, year-on-year's engagement with telcos to buy VMware to put into 5G? Or are they better off just going, no, that's just not, you know, that's the question to my mind. So when when I say focusing, it means ESX Hypervisor will continue to have all the development and focus time and continue to innovate so that it runs on all the CPUs that are coming. And it needs to do that, right? So it's not just going to stop and that's it. It still needs to be maintained and developed as the industry changes. But you won't see any new products. We've seen VMware over the last 10 years buy NSX, buy security companies, Carbon Black, you know, buy mm-hmm. load balancer companies, buy whatever. What Broadcom will do is say, right, that's it. Our portfolio is finished. We will continue to do development on those products so that they maintain their relevance and their functionality and add functionality that is consistent with the industry around us. But we're not going to create markets. We're not going to find markets. We're not going to. Does that make sense? Just, co- it, just coming at this from a security perspective, I, mm.
1: I, I think the message here is also that as a security partner, you may not want to be considering carbon black for very much longer. Also, given everything that I agree with that you've said, mm. not that you should have been having a strategic security partner in the first place, as I keep saying, as our research shows, it correlates inversely with a... Uh, effective security based on objective metrics the more you rely on a partner the less secure you are is basically what our research shows and again this isn't just opinion this is actual yeah. data particularly from a cybersecurity perspective it's it's wise to really rethink your your reliance on anything that vmware does or for that matter, Symantec, <laughs> the, the the kiss of death for Symantec was the Broadcom acquisition. So, yeah. so
0: from a strategic point of view, you need to put everything. Everything has to be on the table and say, exactly. You know, do we wait and see for Broadcom? Do we start planning? Do we start considering? Now whatever? we don't.
1: We don't. We don't. We don't wait and see. We know what's going to happen. The only question is how painlessly you can make the transition, yeah. and will that take you a couple of years, or will can you do it in a couple of months?
0: So let me oppose well, that argument and say, sure, when. Computer Associates was sold to Broadcom 20 years ago. Was that the right strategy to make then? Or would you have been Uh, better off avoiding the migration cost and just running with it? And and yes, okay, the price is going to go up. 10, 20, 30%.
1: Realistically, what I would say that caused people to do is simply migrate away from mainframe-based platforms in the first place. And mm. that's, that's the other thing. It's, you know, as you, as you point out, it's sort of like the graveyard of obsolete technologies or technical debt. Mm. You're going to look at this and say, gee, anything you guys are doing is now officially technical debt. So I need to do it differently in the first place. So the, the great example is, hey, maybe you don't move to Nutanix. Maybe you don't move to Cisco. Maybe you move to the cloud right and so, that, that's how you get away
0: so let me just say that there's an angle here on the cloud we all know that the public cloud is more expensive than private cloud if you want to understand where the price increase is going to come from they're going to bring vmware up to public cloud prices exactly and that and that is 100 percent. so they could right. increase vmware by 100 percent and still be cheaper than the public cloud By a significant margin.
1: Yes, but no, I'm going to push back on. We all know that Mm. the public cloud is is more expensive. I will say our research has shown we've done extensive research into cost of ownership. And if you do it wrong, um, mm-hmm. public cloud can be up to 40% more expensive than doing it yourself. But if you do it right, you can actually see cost savings. And yes. doing it right really has to do with thinking about having a workload placement process, having effective orchestration, having you know an effective multi-cloud. But strategy. all those things
0: have all costs things. as well, right? And you're right. assuming, right? But, oh, but the
1: overall the overall costs factored in. We looked at yeah. all the co- cost components. Can be done, components. but so most companies all, don't. All in, all in, but most, that's
0: like saying uh, most companies could migrate off of a main, mainframe, but most companies haven't.
1: Uh, yes, exactly. Okay, so. It's 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 difficult, but I would also coming back to the original question you raised, hmm. that is, I think what happened with the CA acquisition was people that were smart enough to get off mainframes did, and saved themselves a bundle of money in the process from you know mm-hmm. not getting raped and pillaged, and you know those yeah. those those who didn't you know, became, generated those fancy, you know, those wonderful profit margins for Broadcom.
0: So my guess is, is that substantial price increases are on the card on the basis of the fact that the only competition to VMware is the public cloud. The public cloud is generally significantly more expensive so they can raise the price to match it because why compete? Uh, It's also implicit in that statement that it'll move to subscriptions, because when you change your pricing model from an old one to a new one, because you're going from an old owner to a new owner, they'll move to subscriptions. I think that's absolutely going to happen. There's no question in my mind. Uh, We've seen all of the vendors switch from a fixed price to a subscription price and slice in 20 to 30% price increases. So Cisco particularly is the one in the top of my mind. And it also means that Broadcom will win in the long run. So they may have some short-term pain as they wait for the subscription revenue to come in. But in the long term, they'll have this just rafts of revenue coming on. And I think it's also an admission that public cloud has won that over time, the private cloud is not a particular growth market. So if you think that VMware had 10 years of opportunities to build a product that could compete- An effective
1: public crowd. Yep. Yep. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. At the end of the day, you know, the, the acquisition is great news for Broadcom, which has a track record of effectively transforming companies into profit sources mm-hmm. and terrible news for customers. Depending on whether you're a
0: Broadcom or a customer, one, one of these, you know, the the news is either really good or really bad. And that's the way it's going to go. And it's going to happen. It's almost it's highly unlikely to not happen. All the evidence from, that I've seen from the industry is that people are, are banging on about how fantastic this deal is for Broadcom. We won't see a new bidder. Prices are set to rise significantly, 30 to 60%, probably as a subscription, whether you like it or not. The end of the per CPU pricing is over. And we'll see VMware shed the pieces that aren't working. Particularly, I think the uh, the thin client stuff, anywhere workspace stuff will go be sold off to somebody else because that's just not profitable. It's okay. It's, an ex- it's a business, but not a great deal. Maybe, I'd, I mean, maybe not, but certainly other things will be ditched. I'd say the, the telco stuff, There's some overlappings in the security products. But the rest of it, you just have to wait and see. It's a long, slow train crash, this one, because the deal will take anything up to the end of 2023 to complete. They're not rushing through it. So there you go. Some thoughts on Broadcom and VMware.
1: And coming back to the whole issue of heavy strategy, well, there's some heavy news in this particular strategy, which is this particular strategic vendor is no more. For that, with that, folks, um, thanks for listening. Again, this is heavy strategy where the questions are more interesting than the answers. Please, if you like this show, invite your friends, bring everyone to to come listen. Uh, We also continue the discussion on the Nemertes community. You can hit the Nemertes website log into the community and chat with
0: myself and Greg there. And don't hesitate. If you've got follow-up or feedback you want to send us, send it to packetpushes.net slash fu and check out the packetpushes.net website for any other information. Thanks very much for listening. Just a final reminder here from Greg, this was the Heavy Strategy Podcast published into the Heavy Networking feed if you enjoyed it and you'd like to hear more, just search for Heavy Strategy on your podcatcher or check out the Packet Pushers website so that you can hear more. Thanks so much for listening and we hope you enjoy Heavy Strategy and you'll join us for next week's episode. Thanks.